Hi, and welcome to this episode of Our Guest Is, presented by My East Coast Experience Media in partnership with RBC. I'm Natalie Fournier. Our Guest Is introduces us to a resilient group of people typically called immigrants, but perhaps better described as entrepreneurs, community builders, and survivors. In each episode, we'll be hearing all about their journeys to Canada's East Coast in their own words. Today, our guest is Farhan Pir Mohammed. Farhan was born and raised in Pakistan, completed his Bachelor in Commerce and Master's in Business Administration degrees in Pakistan. His career path took him to accounting and auditing, and he moved to Canada in 2017. He's also a member of the Pakistani Canadian Association of Nova Scotia and currently serves as president. And in 2021, received the HRM Award for Outstanding Volunteer Services. And in 2022, the Queen Elizabeth II Platinum Jubilee Award. Farhan was also recognized as one of the most inspiring immigrants in Atlanta, Canada in 2023. Thank you so much for joining us. So start by telling us about your journey to Canada and more specifically to Halifax, because I I read that you first arrived in Ontario, correct? Yeah. Thank you, Natalie, for inviting me. No problem. Uh, Yeah. So I think as the intro, like originally I born and raised in Pakistan, but later on then I moved to Middle East and I lived 12 years there as well in Dubai. And I got married there. I, my kids, they're born there. And then in 2017, we moved to Canada. And uh, initial landing was in the Ontario, GTA. Mm-hmm. So I lived there for a year. And then I started my first job in Calgary. Okay. <laughs> so I moved to Calgary and my family was in the GTA. Oh, my goodness. And then in between, the Emira got me uh, from the Calgary. And they offered me for this position in Halifax. And then in early 2018, then I moved to Halifax and I'm still here. Yeah, and Amira is a pretty big company um, out these ways in Atlanta, Canada. So that's a pretty impressive, uh, you know, career that you've kind of uh, built for yourself in Atlanta, Canada. And you get to travel quite a bit, or at least before the the pandemic, you were in Tampa, you were saying? Yeah, so like the I'm in the Amira group as a director of audit services. So I had to travel to the U.S. as well, and I have teams in the Caribbean as well so due to my work duties. Uh, Pre-pandemic, there was too much travel, but after the pandemic, it's less because now a lot of things are in the remote, but yeah, it's still there as... And interesting that, you know, you came to Ontario, then you're in Calgary, then you have to get your family back in Ontario and then go to Halifax. What was that like for your family? I mean, were were they just used to, oh man, we're moving again, or or was it hard for them to adjust? Uh, Yeah, so I think that was a scary part before my relocation. So when I was thinking of planning there, oh, moved to from extreme hot to extreme cold. Like yeah. you mentioned, I lived in Dubai. My kids, they born brought up there. And it's extreme hot weather. When, when we decided to relocate to Canada, so the first challenge was the weather, that how the kids, they will be respond. And in 2017, we moved, and I think they responded very well. Mm-hmm. They adjusted with the in weather more easier than me and my wife. So <laughs> I can say, yeah, no, definitely. That was... Uh, positive part and positive aspects about the family settlement. What about the Atlantic Canada and the Halifax? So when we moved here, I think Halifax, their social values, their family values, they are very high. Mm. We inspired it and it's a lot of the closer than whatever we have in the back home. So I think when we moved here after that, yeah, my kids, after a few months, I asked that they said, we like it. They want to stay here. And then, yeah, no, they're very happy. So I think they are happy and I'm also happy. <laughs> yeah. And children are so adaptable too that yeah. they can just pick up and go anywhere. And, and yeah. yeah, they and if they're thriving and love a place, then it makes it even better for you as a parent to, to see that. Yeah. Um, 
what did you think of Canada when you first moved here? I know you we were talking about your kids and that they were adapting to the weather, but you know, you first visited in 2013 to complete your chartered professional accountant exam. So were you on your own then? And what were you thinking? Did you, were you like, I need to go back home immediately or I could live here? So in 2013, I came with the family and we lived three months. I completed my exams and then we went back to Dubai to just make the decision that what is the best one for us. And then uh, down the line, I also completed some other certifications because I thought that I, I made my homework that I had to be equip myself to be up to par for the whatever is the acceptable education and experience requirements in Canada. Mm-hmm. So I made my planning that time. I met with the recruiters in Ontario and discussed that what are the requirements in my profession. Like I am the accountant and auditor. So not only the CPA. When I moved back to Dubai, I completed the certified internal auditor exams from U.S., Certified Information System Auditor exams, Certified Risk Management Professional exams, and a lot of other exams. A lot of exams. So, <laughs> so I, I made myself ready to move to the Canada. Mm-hmm. And whatever the academic point of view, the requirements, I completed those all. And then in 2017, I decided, you know, this is the right time to move. And then, yes, like I mentioned, that I moved first to the Ontario in GTA. And then after that, now I'm in Halifax with you. For people who might not be familiar with the work you do um, in general as an auditor, risk assessment, management, uh, give us a rundown of what that career entails. Yeah, so I think for the in the layman language, I got the common person, I can say accountant. Please layman yeah. language. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I'm so, a very common person. <laughs> so so usually like they're considering everything is as accountant because for these all jobs, usually the CPAs is the requirement and certified professional accountant. So uh, but uh, then within the CPA, there are a lot of, the, you can say, the branches or specialization. Mm-hmm. So internal audit is one of the specialization. Risk management is another specialization. Uh, IT audit, because everything is now in the IT, is another yeah. specialization. So you have to be identify your career, where you want to go. And the, some other uh, professions, like where I'm not in, either it's a taxation or it's a financial reporting or it's financial analysis. So there are a lot of the sub-branches within the accountancy and auditing profession. Auditing is basically we had to be looked at, did management uh, identify all the key risks and establish the controls to mitigate them. They cannot eliminate the risk. Risk is always there, mm-hmm. but they can mitigate it, minimize it through the different risk management strategies. So as an internal audit professional, we had to be go and look at, did management identify all key risks and did they build the established control? If everything is good, we are more than happy. Are people scared of you when you say, I'm an auditor? Or do people just run away from you immediately? (laughs) (laughs) I think, yeah, historically, there are some uh, aspects of perception that the auditor is like a police. Right, yeah, that people are maybe, I think the word is Gradually, gradually things are changed. And even now, as per the internal auditor's definition, internal auditors are the providing assessment Mm -hmm. as well as internal advisory support to the management. So... A lot of the misperceptions are now clear, but it's still definitely. You're not scary. You're helping people. Yes. (laughs) Obviously, you know, your job is keeping you very busy, um, but you're also a volunteer in the community. So you're the president and CEO of the Pakistani Canadian Association of Nova Scotia. So How important is it to you to be a leader in your community, in the Pakistani community and in the Halifax community and represent Pakistani culture in Atlantic Canada? Yeah, so I think uh, social services and community services in my DNA. So wherever I was, I was always working with the community services. Either I was in Dubai or I was in Mississauga. I mean, I was lived one year there, 
but I also joined there the Canada Day Together Festival Committee, and I was part of them. And similarly, when I moved to Halifax, so I again started working with the, whatever the relevant community services organization to work with them for social service. I think it gives me internal peace, mm. as well as whatever I learn, I'm just trying to deliver to community. So I'm considering like this is a loan which I'm repaying. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so I'm uh, happy for that one. So when I moved here, I found there was a Pickens, uh, Pickens established in 2016, and I moved here in 2018, so it was already existing. Then I joined as a volunteer and then executive roles and board member and the treasurer and the different roles. And since uh, last year, now I'm in the president. So the PKNs is basically established to connect all the Pakistani Canadian origin, either they are citizens, residents, or students, and provide them some social gathering, some support, some connectivity with their traditions, with their culture, as well as help them to integrate within the local norms, within local community and society, and make one one society, because ultimately we all are one. We all are Haligonians. Mm-hmm. I'm considered as a Halifax. So that's why I think we are working. We are helping the new immigrants. Uh, we are supporting the students and all of the different whatever the initiatives we are taking every year. We are planning our annual calendar and working. So for me, definitely, that was a great area where I can support and work with my community. So I started work with them and I'm still working. Yeah, I noticed um, PCANS is very involved in hosting and attending cultural events. And I was kind of checking out the Facebook group. And, you know, usually when you check out Facebook groups, you just see, oh, maybe they posted last month or last year. But you guys post a lot and you're always doing something, uh, which is amazing. So why do you think it's important for PCANS and the Pakistani community to get out there in front of as many people as possible? Yeah, like, again, uh, if we, these activities are for the people, for the humans, for the community. So whatever their need, we are always trying to address. So there are some traditional events that the community is expecting that we will be come up and we will be arrange those events, so those we are doing. But other than those traditional, we are also working for some non-traditional things, so like if these are the segmented events for youth, for professionals, for ladies, for newcomers. We did the tax clinic, we did the financial advisory clinic, we did the parenting clinic. So we did a different, different type of those activities where we are helping, guiding. We are also working with the government. So last year we did with the provisional office of the diversity and equity when they were uh, designing an anti-racism bill. So we provided them opportunity. They come up in our community, in our event, and get the feedback. Early this year, HRM was also having a similar uh, uh, what I can say, the event or initiative mm-hmm. where they want to meet with the Pakistani ladies and get their feedback about the safe public places. Oh, nice. So we also arrange for them if there is a language fair, if there is a multicultural event. So everywhere we are trying to go and showcase our culture, our whatever our community thinking to convey those messages to the other stakeholders so then they can get whatever they need. And other people in the community that maybe aren't part of the Pakistani community too, right? To see yeah. that active you're here let's learn more about that culture and you mentioned something about females and and the women in your community getting some feedback from them about safety spaces what what's that about Uh, early this year in the january there was an initiative by the hrm Mm -hmm. and that what are the women's they're expecting that the safe public places in the park and other public places what initiatives they need what actions they need to be more safe places so they basically approach us that we need some sessions with the Pakistani ladies to get their input that what they are expecting from HRM, that what we can do more and more. So we arranged that session that was with their collaboration and we arranged in the central library 
where the Pakistani ladies, they gathered and they provide the feedback to them that what they are expecting more or what are their current feelings and what they are thinking that if HRM can take more measures and more actions, it will be more safe for them. So it's sort of a physical safety as mm-hmm. well as the psychological. Is, has there been any incidences that, incidents that mm. have come up that make maybe Pakistani women feel unsafe? Or was it a general, any woman from any background can come to this? Oh, no, any, anyone can okay. come. Yeah. They, okay. they are in different sessions. So that session was with the partnership with PKNs, okay. but it was open for everyone. Okay, and there ha- but what's the general feeling from women and even men, anyone from that yeah. community? Do you feel safe here? Do you feel comfortable here? Yeah, I mean, personally, if you will be asking me, definitely. It's my home, so I'm feeling safe. Good. Uh, yeah, there are some other aspects are there, but still I'm feeling that Halifax and Nova Scotia is a much better place as compared to other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. So we are very happy to living here as well as we are trying that to overcome those uh, perceptions or those expectations. So if those measures will be taken in place, then definitely uh, it will be continue. We can live here as a home because I'm feeling like I mentioned earlier that what family values I brought from my back home, mm-hmm. a lot of I'm connecting here. Yes. Yeah. And did you feel that volunteering and, and getting right into volunteering in Halifax made Halifax feel even more like home? Yeah, Definitely. Because in the, in my work, I'm not only volunteering with the PKNs. I'm also in the Bedford Resident Association as a vice chairman. I'm also working with the Institute of Internal Auditors Maritime Chapter as their board of governance. I'm working with the mosques and other associations as well. So I, when I'm connecting with them through volunteering, that time we all know each other more better way. We all know each other norms, traditions, values, mm-hmm. festivals, and we can enjoy and celebrate with each other. So I think that is definitely connecting us as a one community and one society. You also are involved with the school advisory council. Was that influenced by your children? Or you were like, I just need one more council for the list of councils that I'm on. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think. <laughs> I was occupied. But yeah, I think that was an area where I think that I can add value mm-hmm. based on the, my experience and based on my uh, academic background. That yeah, I think that is the area where I can help that how the school can uplift or what are their requirements. So I think if more professionals can join that, definitely they can brought their own aspects, what they are doing on their work. So then definitely those professionalism can upscale or better the school. So I think that was just the point of view that, that yeah, I can I can join them and then uh, what I can do there. Like I'm always trying to work in my domain. So whatever is in my domain close by where I can do volunteering and I think I can add value. If I don't think uh, whatever I can do, I have done, then definitely I will be uh, leave that place for someone else that a new talent can come and brought the new ideas. Being involved with the School Advisory Council, have you seen diversity flourishing in the schools that you're working with? Is there something that you'd like to see change when it comes to diversity in schools? I think uh, HRM is a very diversified. And as well as when I'm living in Bedford, Bedford is definitely... Uh, yeah, um, it's changed a lot. Changed a lot, yeah. especially the new Bedford area. Bedford West mm. is established, so I think a lot of immigrants are there. So it's a very diversified uh, mm-hmm. neighborhood. So definitely the same aspects we are looking in the schools. And, and I, I think school is also working very well. Excellent. You won awards recognizing your work in the community, including the Queen Elizabeth II Platinum Jubilee Award, recognized as one of the most inspiring immigrants in Atlantic Canada in 2023, as we mentioned. How did it feel to be recognized? 
Uh, definitely. There are two aspects. Uh, one, I'm always uh, thinking that this is a clarity check for me, that I'm on the right track. Mm-hmm. And what I'm doing, I have to be continue. And second aspect, there is also responsibility. That, yeah, community is expecting more from me, so I have to be try my best to deliver more. Back to your work with pecans and, and the subject of diversity. Why do you think diversity in Atlanta, Canada is so important to promote? I mean, we just briefly chatted on how Bedford, for example, in, in the HRM is, is changing and has changed so much. Do you think that Atlanta, Canada has room to grow even more than it has in the last five years in terms of diversity? Uh, definitely. Uh, Atlantic Canada is diversified today as compared to five years ago, mm-hmm. but still there is a big room as compared to our province or the provinces, our resources, our uh, demographics. Mm-hmm. And the demographic is not only in the ethnicity, but on the aging side. So we need more and more human resources to come here and work together to better the provinces. We have the resources, but we have lack of human resources. And that lack we can fill through this diversity, inclusion, and equality environment. So then the new immigrants can come here and settle here. I think five years ago, that was a big challenge. The immigrant was coming, but surveys were saying a lot of immigrants, they were moving out to some other province. Those survey numbers are now better. Mm-hmm. but need to be more work to give them more facilities here, help them in the initial settlement. And I think Pekins is also playing that role. When we are helping the newcomers to settle here, then definitely they can get like the back home environment and they are more than happy to stay here and work together. So I definitely, the we all know the housing is a big challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, cost of living is a big challenge. A lot of challenges, but especially for the newcomers. Mm-hmm. These all challenges are here still and then newcomers are facing, uh, I knew the governments are working their part, but it's still a lot to do. So then those people can stay here and work together because we need more and more people to manage our province. And the population. And, you know, we've reached a million people just recently in Nova Scotia, which, you know, as someone who was born and raised in this, you know, in Canada and in this area, I really never thought we would see a million people here. And it, <laughs> But it, it's so um, comforting in a way to know that, yeah. Things are changing, and it can only mean improvements, correct? Yeah. So, tell us about your childhood growing up in Pakistan. Um, you know, looking back, was there a moment when you thought, "I want to move. I want adventure. What's out there for me?" Oh. <laughs> so, so actual situation is completely different. Okay, there was a no plan to move out. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think uh, this is destiny mm-hmm. where I am today. So, there was a no plan to move out, and. Uh, we are six siblings, so I'm on the number fifth, and my elder siblings, they are settled in the UK. Okay. And my father, he passed away at that time I was in school. Okay. So my mom, she wants me to stay with her in the mm-hmm. Pakistan. So that's why since childhood, there was no plan to mm-hmm. move out. <laughs> and But yeah, I think the destiny came in between, and then I decided after completion of my charter accountancy that I had to go move to Middle East. Mm-hmm. And then I moved there, I stayed there for 12 years. Initially, I went only for three years. And the plan was that I'll come back to Pakistan after three years. Yeah. But but then I lived 12 years there. In Dubai? In Dubai, yeah. And then after that, I moved to Canada. And the reason of that, just basically for my kids to give them the better uh, standard of life and standard of education. And when you're when you're moving here with your wife, so your kids were born in Canada? or In Dubai. In, in Dubai. Okay, yeah. so... 
you know, we, and they're adaptable, you know, they, they're doing great. What about your wife? Was she in on this plan? Was she up for the adventure or hesitant? Oh, she was happy. Good. Okay, that's good. <laughs> she likes, yeah. She was the <laughs> motive behind this moment because uh, she was more concerned about the kids. So she said, that, yeah. yeah, if we will relocate to Canada, then we... Because I was very, very well settled in Dubai. Mm-hmm. So I was also there as a director audit for one of the leading telecom company. That was 17th telecom com- uh, on the top rating. That was 17th number of the global rating as a telecom company of the world. And uh, we were having the footprints that time on 20 countries. So my last role was that I was director and audit for international operations. Mm-hmm. So I was connecting with all 19 countries other than UAE. So that was a key role and critical responsibility and good job. But uh, yeah, so family was with us. Even the kids were a little bit disappointed. Why we are moving to Dubai? You know, it's luxury life. Yeah. <laughs> and how are they doing now in, in Halifax? Oh, they're, they're well settled. They're good. enjoying. Yeah. So yeah, even I ask sometimes that, should we go back? No. <laughs> we have friends here. They yeah. want to go. Yeah. They want to go. Okay. Yeah, wants to, we'll go back. We'll have fun. We'll be enjoy. We'll go to Ferrari World. We'll yeah. go here or there. Permanent? No, we want to come back. Yeah, oh neat. Well, I mean, so they just want to go for a tour. Yeah, yeah, a little vacations, visit. but no. Yeah, and come back here, which yeah. is nice. But again, the, that's the great thing about you know being yeah. a kid in this in this they're considering this environment. It home. So wherever you yeah. can go all over the world to, for vacation, but yeah. definitely there is a one place that you can call your home. Mm-hmm. So we are calling it home. So this is that's why we want to come back. And I think one more aspect, usually in Hawaii's questions, they are not that much familiar. So like when I got job opportunity from Amira, so I just did some research about the Halifax and Nova Scotia. And I had to accept before that uh, my geography and my Canadian information about the Nova Scotia was very, very little. Mm-hmm. And when I did some Google, then I realized that Halifax is having the second best weather in Canada. Oh, really? Yeah. As, was, who was the, having the first? Vancouver. I was going to say Vancouver. Although it rains so, there. Doesn't it rain there more than here? But it rains a lot here and rains, there. Yeah. So... <laughs> So it's the second best weather as well as the cold and the temperatures of less snow. So that was also one of the motive to move here. It's the best weather. Yeah, <laughs> and the ocean is nice. Yeah. yeah, and that there's space to grow and that there's openness yeah. to grow, I think, in Atlantic Canada in general. Um, in 2022, you organized a fundraiser for Pakistan after one of the it had one of the world's deadliest floods and over 2 million people were left homeless. So how did that disaster impact you? Definitely, we have the relatives there. We are connected with them. Or uh, personally, my relatives they were living on the different part of the Pakistan, so they didn't directly affect it. Okay. That was just the flood, uh, uh, like heavy rains, mm. but not the flood. Uh, but whereas other part of Pakistan, especially the rural areas, all the agriculture belt and those all were under the water. So it was a tough time for our country and being a human and being a Pakistani origin, definitely it was a very, very uh, tough time for us. So we stepped that time. We mm-hmm. thought, no, this is the time where we can connect both communities and we can also help those Pakistanis they are affected. So we started that fundraising. We uh, raised a fu- uh, GoFundMe page. We placed the booths in the local mosques. We approached the channels. We approached the community, mm-hmm. as well as we did the partnership with the Ekna Relief Canada, that is the Canadian registered charity organization. And they were already on ground for the relief work. So we partnership with them, and whatever funds we received, we transmitted through them, and they spent there. And at the end, they also provided some evidences that we shared with the community through our Facebook. Oh, excellent. So I think that went very well. We got very, very positive response. 
not from our community, but from the overall the Nova Scotians. Wherever we went, we got very positive response. We got the donations. We got the positive vibes, and we got the like uh, like we all are the one. I think that that thing very strengthening that time that feeling mm. that we are one. Mm -hmm. I think that was I think the positive outcome or one word answer. And what's it? Uh, what's uh, how's everyone doing? I guess in Pakistan. I mean, you, you said your family wasn't directly affected, but I yeah. mean, it, are things improving there? Yeah, definitely. The urban areas they improve very quicker as compared to rural areas. They are working. It's still, people they are on the IDP camps, and the government is trying to establish homes for them and reestablish the infrastructure it's it's not easy mm. uh, i think the billions of dollars they need in pakistan cannot afford that big huge loss so they they are trying their best but i knew still the people they are like there are months passed but people are still on the internally displaced people camps and they are still need more aid so we are doing individually but now not as a campaign mm. we were talking about your kids a lot <laughs> in this conversation. Um, what do you wish for your children's future in Atlantic Canada? Ah, that's, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm not uh, trying to make you yeah. cry. But yeah. when you look in your children's eyes, yeah. what do you see? What do you hope for them? Uh, I think there are many aspects, but the, I'm always giving them the message. I want you to learn and fun. Whatever you do, learn and fun. Mm. So find your way where you think that you have more learning and you can more enjoy. Don't uh, take anything as a burden. Mm. If you think it's a burden, leave it. Because you cannot uh, survive. That activity cannot sustain. So my eldest son, he is in grade 10 at the moment. So still they are figuring it out what they want. Uh, I hope they will be staying in the Nova Scotia because we have the good universities and whatever is the growth is coming, a lot of career opportunities will become. Mm. And so I hope they will be stay here with us. So <laughs> like as a, every parent, this is their wish that the kids will be close by. Yeah. So I, I hope that will be happen. So currently they are figuring out their professions. I'm not the one who is pushing them do this mm. or don't do this. Just I am giving them direction. The direction is that for you. You should know what you have to be do and you decide where you are enjoying and where you are learning. If there is a no learning, then you have to be think something different. And if there is a no fun, again. Would you give that same advice to someone who might be, be considering moving to Atlantic Canada? Yeah, that is, I think, my advice, not only to kids, all adults, everybody. They don't take anything for this, uh, like, even if it's a job, your business, your hobby, don't take anything as a burden. If you think burden, then definitely that is not suitable for you mm -hmm. or you are not suitable for that. So just think something different that suits you, that helps you to grow. Otherwise, creative, you are, your creativity will be killed out. And there will be no innovation, no creativity, no productivity. Mm -hmm. You will be machine, yeah. robot. We are humans. We have feelings. We have senses. So I think we had to be utilized or and identify. We can find. Sometimes uh, our first choice may be not the right one, but definitely after that, we can get the right choice. That's excellent.
Thank you, Farhan, and thank you to everyone joining us for today's episode of Our Guest Is. If you don't want to miss the next episode, make sure you subscribe. You can find us on MyEastCoastExperience.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and YouTube. Plus, don't forget you can follow My East Coast Experience on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. I'm Natalie Fournier. Thank you for joining us and hope you can for our next episode.